Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. In this episode, we're dropping back into our interview series, and in a couple minutes, we're going to welcome Alexis Lee to the program. But first, let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and I'll tell you, tonight, we've been having uh, some issues, my friend. Yeah, well, a little bit of technical issues. Greg forgot to turn on the mic. Uh, we had a little uh, problem seeing Alexis, so we moved things back, and we actually started this podcast at 2 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> no, not not quite, but it's it's yeah, it's, it's been a fun start. We've been in setup for quite a few minutes. We have, we have, but we're adapting. We're learning new experiences. That's what we're all about is adapting. Right, right, but we have to we have to talk a little bit here because Alexis has to stop laughing at us for uh, for a while so and to be just to clarify it isn't that we can't see her she right. wanted to see us she wanted to see us yeah okay and folks we were um there was a suggestion that maybe we should take a picture so that we can promote but alistair is wearing a very old shirt hasn't shaved and really isn't feeling that this would you know put his best presentation to the world i'm not feeling 100 percent right sir i've got right. a bit of a headache right 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 okay. <laughs> okay let's continue on uh greg and i have been managers for a long time we've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development we have been hosting this podcast series uh called the struggle to be a good manager since july 5th of 2020 which was a long time ago wow and as we've worked through the podcast series, we realize that there are other people with different experiences that we should invite to the table at the diner. And we actually went to the diner last Saturday. We it did. Was good. It was. Uh, your favorite person wasn't there, though. She wasn't. That's right. She's always there. This is a, just a lovely, lovely person. Every time we walk in, she goes, hello, boys. Now, I hope she's okay. I I hope so, too. Because she's so. always been there. She's always been there. And she, like, you know, you know one of those great service-oriented folks that they walk in and Alistair drinks Diet Coke and I have a coffee with, I don't put anything in it. She, she says, hello, boys, come on, sit down in your seat. She then walks away, comes back with our stuff, and she actually knows there's something on the menu that they don't make anymore. And I haven't been able to get it. And I went back to this place and she says, don't worry, Greg. I'll take care of it. And she comes back with the exact thing that's been off the menu for a couple, uh, probably a couple of years now. But, but but she's sweet on you. She is. Yeah, she yeah. is. You're and her she, favorite. And well, probably. But she probably. and <laughs> come on. And she is just, just she is just amazing. Uh, the uh, the really the example of service and care. Um, in a in a in a in a restaurant, I you feel like you're at her house. Honestly, just amazing. That's the way she makes you. Yeah, feel. yeah, really, really. Except wonderful. she makes you pay. She makes you pay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. Uh, and in everything else we do, we want to have a good conversation. And I think, Greg, tonight uh, we're going to have another good conversation. I think so, yeah. So, tonight, uh, another interview. And tonight, it's Alexis Lee. Alexis, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, thanks so much. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. You stopped laughing? I did, finally. Yes, yeah. I love your banter. It's great. Great. Well, and you know, I have to say, and I know you're going to do the full introduction, but every time Lexus and I talk, I leave. Oh, I leave with energy and and creativity. It, it feels like my innovative mind is sparking. But just the energy and joy is just so exciting. So I'm so excited to. Uh, well, well, she's already keeping us on our toes. She is. She yeah, is. She's already demanding. <laughs> they are. They are. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so. uh Alexis gave me a kind of a really short thing. So, of course, being the investigator that I am, I went on to LinkedIn to find out just a little bit more about her. So she has a 
BA from the University of Windsor in Drama, Education, and Community. So I don't know how many years you have to go to get all three of those. Uh, but she's worked in a bunch of really interesting places. Uh, uh, Volkswagen, Ontario Lottery, uh, Sunwing. Apparently we're not getting a free trip out of this, Greg. But uh, um, what I noticed, uh, a lot of the things, Alexis, is that it, a lot of it's dealing with people and things like that, which uh, from what Greg's told me kind of fits in with your MO. So that is fantastic. So uh, Alexis is an experimental learning practitioner who creates opportunities for groups of professionals to learn through hands-on activities. She guides teams through play, I like that. And collaboration exercises, helping teams create more authentic relationships. That explains the, the, the banter we had before we turned on the tape. That's for sure. And more trusted paths of communication. Alexis believes the quality of learning and the integration of learning is augmented best through play and experience. She is a passionate about helping leaders reconnect with their most authentic selves to create a more connected, safe, and productive workplace. Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. Thank you so much. Thank you. The intro is always the scariest part of me because honestly, I'm uh, a dartboard with no clear direction at all. And uh, and that's kind of the joy of, of my working experience. Uh, I've, I'm proud that I'm kind of a Jill of all trades and I've been in many industries. And uh, I really think it's colored a lot of the ways that I've moved through uh, my professional life. I also look like I can't keep a job. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> what finesse. What a finesse way to say that. <laughs> no, I'm really impressed by, by just kind of your background and your energy. Like the minute you came on to the, 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 the uh, Zoom call it is very obvious. But just, uh, you know, the, the interpersonal uh, emphasis on, on what you've done in the past. And you can see it build up to probably where you are right here. So I think this is just going to be a great talk. I'm, I'm really glad you agreed to come on the podcast. Yeah. That's... Oh, thanks so much. I mean, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with our standard kind of stuff that we, we get you to share your experience, but the, the really interesting stuff I think is going to be a little bit later where we talk about what you're doing and what you're trying to create and some of the events and the things and what it does. And, you know, and I'm excited to talk more about that because I think if there's anything that organizations need now is that space to just explore and to enjoy things and to grow and to play. And we're, so we're going to talk about that, but first we, we always love, we started this uh, podcast with sharing our experiences of, of times that we were great managers or uh, we weren't so great managers or we worked for people that were either good or not so good. And so we always like to start the podcast with, as Alistair said, getting different perspectives. And uh, so we'd like to start, the first question is normally, and we're, we're, we laughed about this, so, uh, but, but, but we want you to just share some of your experiences. They might be positive or not so positive uh, that helped you grow as an employee, as a leader, because often we learn from either the good or the not so good things that we're going to, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to use that. I'm going to do that or, or not I, do it. I'm not going to do that. So maybe we could just talk first about, yeah, what were, what have your, your experiences been and your learnings along the way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny, we, we talked about it before recording and everything. Uh, preparing for this conversation uh, was really exciting and a struggle filled for me. Uh, because I, I said to my partner, I said, you know, I don't know that I, I've had many managers. 
And she turned to me and said, what? Like, you're joking, right? <laughs> you're joking. And then that challenged my reflection. And I realized, of course, I've had many managers. I still have managers. I, I mean, this is a, a constant relationship that you will have in your life. So I had to kind of reframe what I was reflecting on. And what I came to realize was that my first job out of university was a very highly structured environment. It was flying. And so my first experience with management was not um, in a, a dictatorship role or any kind of hierarchy. It was just a different checklist that another colleague had. So it allowed me to create relationships with management or with any of the people I was working on the plane with uh, in a very authentic way, because there was never any direction, like strict direction or anything like that. Our controls were all always very obvious. Our boundaries, our rules, our, our limitations, they were set. And then we could autonomously move through those in our own way. And, and so that being my first experience, was really, really a, a fantastic thing for me because I, I do appreciate autonomy in my own roles. I do kind of reject the idea of management. I I don't want anybody checking in on me or uh, checking my timestamp, not interested. Trust me or don't. And let me show what I can do or don't. That's always been kind of my <laughs> double side of my coin. Uh, so I was really lucky out of university getting a first role where I had that experience. Uh, and then I moved into uh, the casino where it was another controlled environment. Management in that role only cared about our budget. Don't go over the budget. Why did you go under the budget? That's all they cared about. So I had the autonomy to still move within my own space and control my own work, progress, pacing all of those things. So it was really, really nice. Now, I then became a mother and my idea of management uh, shifted entirely. And, <laughs> and <laughs> because I mean, let's talk about ultimate uh, manager role and that's being a, a mother. Um, not to take away from the dads, I've just never been a dad. So being a mom, the management is incredible. And um, after once I became a mom, it was really hard to interact with your run of the mill manager who took their roles and responsibilities in a way that was of not inclusive or not conducive to organic work life that was not organic for personalities to know how to work together or know how to communicate or do anything cohesively together. Uh, so I have this weird fractured idea of management of before motherhood and after motherhood. That is so, so interesting. I, I, I want to dive deep a little bit into the even the before first and then the motherhood yeah. is just this crazy. But I, I love in both situations that... There were rules. I, I had this thing throughout my career that I, I strongly believed in what I called tight and loose. So there are certain things that have to be tight and consistent, and you want to keep those as small as possible, and then you want to keep the loose, which allows the flexibility, that creativity, that ownership as broad as possible. 
Uh, and, and in, you know, I used to be in the airlines too with Porter Airlines. And, you know, there are some strict things that you have to do on the plane, the checklist, like you said. But then once you're up Absolutely. in the air or once you're kind of, uh, once you've done that checklist, the best airlines to fly are the ones that really give that openness, that personal connectivity, that way in interacting um, that really is quite special uh, in the, mm-hmm. in that area. And even with, I, I love the idea of the, uh, the casino where there were rules, but then that space. So it seems that the best environments you were at had a couple of rules, a couple of uh, almost, we, we call it the sandbox. The sandbox is there, you know, what you can and can't do, but then there's still a lot of space to do mm-hmm. in the middle. Would that be, did I capture that right? Or, or is that, um, was I listening to another podcast? Greg, just another, <laughs> Greg, another podcast where you've mentioned sandbox. I, I don't know what your number is, but I, <laughs> I love this autonomy thing you're talking about because coming from like a paramilitary organization where there's a rule and procedure for anything, everything, anything and everything, I loved it because when you went on the road, Yes, you knew what the guardrails were, you knew what the expectations were, but you had this autonomy to go out there because there's no way they could plan for every eventuality that you were going to face. And so they had to trust you to go out there right. and play in the sandbox, Greg, mm-hmm. uh, because I know you love that word. But I, I so connect with what you said there, because even in the most militaristic places I've worked, you still had that autonomy. When you went out the door and jumped in the car or walked or whatever mm-hmm. you did, they trusted you to do what you had to do and you knew what the rules were. You knew what the, you know, the punishments were if you didn't do certain things. And I love that. I really connect with that. I like that. Thank you. Well, And, and I feel like also, I mean, coming our history, as far as that is very similar, those strict controls, I mean, could make some people feel like there's too much rigidity here. Or I can't be autonomous, but it really does. Once you experience it, allow I mean, in an emergency, in an aircraft, I we you still need to have that finesse of um, all of all of your coworkers knowing, relying that Greg knows how to open up his door for safety. I know Alistair knows what his checklist things are doing, and we all cohesively know what our roles are. But outside of a, of an emergency and outside of those strict controls, well, I get to know my manager, Greg. And I get to trust him and I get to know his family. I get to know his likes, his dislikes, and organically build that relationship, which builds into the sense of uh, the entire team belonging together and having no hierarchy where there's somebody constantly watching your time clock or con- did you wear the right uniform? Is your or is your makeup on? Is your this? Is your that? There, That all goes out the window when you have set controls and you have the ability to actually form connections with your coworkers. Yeah, I love that. And the other thing that really jumped out for me is this whole idea. And we talk a lot about this in our podcast because usually the setup is uh, from the manager's perspective and then from the team member's perspective. And it's really interesting. Often they're the same things. It's about what can you do within the space that you have? Uh, Because often Mm -hmm. we think we don't have any control or we don't have any influence. And yet that does depending upon the manager. To your point, some managers, if they're 
over your shoulder at all time if they're really not allowing space to do anything. But there's usually more space for us to stretch and try new things if we choose to do it. Uh, and and I loved your description that within this space, I knew that these were the things that I had to work with. But then within there, I had tons of stuff to do, tons of flex to 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 move. What I really like about the autonomy thing, and I imagine it was similar to you, especially in the airline situation, was uh, because you had that autonomy, you were able to develop relationships not only with your your coworkers or the the, the, the pilot who's in charge of the plane, but also uh, have really good relationships with the passengers because to keep a lid on everything and to keep everybody safe, you you had to have a certain amount of influence, uh, sympathy, you know, be empathetic to them if they're having a bad day. And when you are given autonomy, it really helps you build your inner commu- uh, interpersonal communication styles and, and you're able to you know, solve people's problems or maybe, you know, sir, sit down with your sombrero hat on and I know you're going to Cancun, but, you know, these things, it it actually creates a situation where because you're autonomous, it allows you to be creative. It allows you to, even if you're an introvert like me, you learn to talk to people and and deal Mm -hmm. with situations and, you know, people will sit down after they've said what they had to say and we're all good and we all move on and you come by later on and give them a bottle of water or whatever. Uh, I just think that that autonomy just helps people in terms of their interpersonal skills and and also their responsibilities. If you want somebody to be responsible, you have to actually give them some responsibilities. And you have to give them the space to take on the responsibility or to not choose not to do so. And that it's fine either way. Mm-hmm. Even if you choose not to pick up that responsibility, all that you've identified is that either this is not the job for you because we require you to pick up that responsibility or, hey, you know what? That part of my that part of the job is not my jam. Hey, coworker that I've built a relationship with because I have this ability to create relationships with my coworkers in this scenario. Hey, do you mind covering me on this side? Because this I'm not strong with and that I am. It allows you to really um, assess and reflect on where your your strengths and weaknesses are and really play into those because you know that you have no manager, uh, you know, checking the time. Hey, Alexis, you've been on that for too long. You've been talking to that customer far too long. Yeah. That doesn't happen when you there's know, that trust. And, you know, autonomy also, you kind of you kind of mentioned it. It also helps you in creating relationships with your coworkers. And when you have, when you're not just doing like a checklist somewhere and you're out there and you're, you've got that, you're in that space where you have autonomy, you know what the the standards are. I found, you know, after a short period of time in the car with somebody else or walking the beat with somebody else, we didn't actually even have to communicate. Like when we, you know, when we came across certain circumstances, we all knew what each of us was going to do, not only because of the standards, but because of the personality, the skills and deficits that we all have, we all knew like there, were, there hardly ever had to be any communication. You you just right. you just you worked as this organism because you've been given the freedom to figure out who you are and who your teammates are. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, completely agree. And and I almost feel like your coworkers probably uh, would say would be able to say, oh, don't sell, don't send Alistair into that. He'll he's too hot headed for that, or oh no, he's too soft for that. And that's what happens when you're. You're allowed to learn your coworkers when you're allowed to belong in your workspace. Mm. When these things are given to you or or built, right? I mean, 
and some some things aren't given to you and you happen uh, to just come across a space where you have the right people who organically build this themselves. But that's, I mean, pretty rare. Mm. It's pretty rare to just happen across. So when it does happen, it's awfully special. It's a it's a really um, important experience for people to have uh, in their in their professional career. That's, that's so good. And the the second part you talked about, which I loved, is just how much you learned from being a mother or from having kids and really that experience, because there's no control in there. Um, but I, I remember- Or plan. Or plan. I remember when we were raising our kids, there was a great book, I think it was called Kids Are Worth It by Barbara Coloroso. And she- she said, and it's almost the same message. She said, you know, there's certain things that you want to protect against. So, you know, if it's going to hurt the the child, if they're going to hurt themselves, or if they're going to hurt others, those are the things you got to be tight or strict or have the rules around. Everything else doesn't matter. So if it's not mm-hmm. permanent, and she used the description, this is, this is dating, but she said, you know, if the kids color their hair, who cares? It's going to grow back. <laughs> You know, or, or what are those things that you just can give? You just got to let go of and give them the space to explore and discover who they are mm. and who each other are. And it's it's almost the same kind of model. Uh, and, and you know, we uh, mostly, Josette, she was much more gifted at this than I was, but we, we created that space for our kids. And my kids are now older and they are confident, they're courageous and I think some of that is that space you create. So that's really interesting that you had the insight of um, good parenting uh, is really the same kind of framework. It, I mean, it was the most obvious thing. I've never strived to be a manager. It's not, I do not want to direct anybody else, <laughs> not now or ever. Amen. So be- <laughs> I'm not into it. It's not my jam. Thanks so much. But my kids forced me to do that. Mm. <laughs> so the the most obvious thing for me was learning to start from where they are. Mm. I have to know my child before I set their controls. And that in a workspace looks like understanding your employee, understanding who you're hiring and for what role, understand what you're looking for, understand the personality that you're hiring and place them appropriately. So I can't ask my introvert son to go and do a big dramatic dance presentation. That would not be fair. Understanding and starting organically from where people are is where you're going to get that success factor. There's no point in trying to fit that that you know triangle uh, peg into the into the square hole. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, uh, uh, I I I would I think this might be a great bridge to what you do. Oh, I think so. Because I think, so. I think that that <laughs> part of the work that you're doing and uh, uh, with Lighthouse Nine and also outside of Lighthouse Nine is is I love the words belonging, that connectivity, that releasing of the energy, that helping people discover. So I'd love you to talk a little bit more about creating connections through play and kind of some of the things that you're you're focusing on now. I think we should just step yeah. in here at some point and just say that 
Alexis and Greg work together. I don't think I said that <laughs> in the intro. So I just thought, let's give some people some context there because the word Lighthouse 9 came up and you two are from that place. I mean, we've almost talked to everybody there <laughs> at, at this point. but So I'm sure there's a couple people, but I just wanted to throw that in there just to give our, our listeners a little bit of context and to remind myself as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's funny because I'm after motherhood, but I, I did jump into a couple of corporate roles uh, that were very rigid and, uh, you know, really quickly realized that I was a cat thrown into water that really did not want to be there. And uh, that's how I ended up kind of getting into the rebel rousing world of consulting where, you know, all of all of the outcasts that didn't necessarily fit into those perfect little pegs or those perfect little holes get to find their own space. And um Knowing now what I know as far as management and uh, team building, communication, and all of these soft skills that make successful teams, uh, I knew that there was a gap in professionals learning. We've we've invested in in uh, in leaders, and we've we've done the culture codes. We've done many things to help organizations do better. We haven't helped them learn how to get back to basics and fix fundamentals. Alistair, I mean, you come from a very, uh, you know, rigid background. How many of your ex-co-workers knew how to play well with others? Uh, I think because if you were in a good situation and what I did, many of them very well. But if you were not in a good situation and if you were in a situation where it was very strict and you didn't have that autonomy, not very well. Right, right. We know now as adults, we find uh, other adults that just have forgotten some of those childhood soft skills that aren't just childhood soft skills. They're actually lifelong, major, huge, important skills. Hey, you need to build trust with the person beside you if you want to walk together in one in one direction. You have you have to trust each other and you can only trust each other once you've learned how to play together, once you've learned how to communicate, once you've learned how to disappoint each other too. It's not just all the good stuff. You have to practice the failures as well and be able to do that in a safe way. So what I do now, I mean, Lighthouse 9, which is awesome, has uh, welcomed me as their goofiest consultant who gets to come in and uh, switch up the energy in the most insane way. Uh, I get to walk into really professional rooms, corporate, uh, big titled rooms and ask adults to play with balloons or to uh, build an Ikea cart with not many directions or to build origami and then only halfway get through the project and pass it to, you know, the person beside them. I get to, to recreate fun experiences for adults to, to realize that this is, this is the fundamentals. These are the organic spaces where we get to learn to trust and build those relationships again. Wow. And, and, and it is incredible to watch. Um, and, and, you know, you, you might think that, you know, in these corporate environments where people are not comfortable sometimes at the beginning of these things, yeah. how quickly 
there's this almost like this ripple effect that happens, this this energy shift that happens, and and that almost like you see people's shoulders start to drop. That that kind of and it doesn't mean to your point. I love Alex Alexis how you said that like that some sometimes it's crunchy because uh especially when there's a target uh, there's a timeline you're kind of pushing people towards something you, you've, you've seen things where people get crunchy with one another but then afterwards reflecting and laughing and saying oh yes i yeah. saw that going and that type of thing so i i'd love you to just share a couple of your favorite um uh situations where you really saw shifts happening and and from people to that were rediscovering and i love the the visual of rediscovering yourself as a kid. I think I've told many people that for me, uh, in front of my computer, I have a picture of me when I'm four years old. And it's this little guy in a little, I, I think, a velvet shirt or something like nice, that. Nice, nice. <laughs> but but what it does, it, it reminds me of when I was four, I was super curious. I was super open. I, I, was, I was just in awe of new things. I was willing to leap. Um, I was, I was just there. I didn't have the, as many biases as you're built over the time. So it's, so that's a reminder. Mm. So te- I, if you could share, I'd love you to share just a couple of examples of where you've really seen this and where you're, you know, you, that just was that shift happen. Yeah. It, so energy shift is exactly what I provide. I, I, I mean, we walk into a space where, uh, professionals are doing this workshop, you know, we're working on team building today, everyone. And they go, Oh my gosh, I'm here for the whole day. All right. Can't wait. (laughs) How many, I've been in that room. I've been been in that room, Alexis. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I luckily get to walk in and shift the energy immediately. I, I do have that kind of personality. So people, I I make them crunchy. I make them feel crunchy (laughs) on purpose. As as a drama kid, I I'm very used to seeing people recoil at the word improv or the thought of improvising at all. Uh, So once people hear that, I see a lot of recoil and I see a lot of crunchy internal terror. Uh, It's not until I ask people to get up out of their seats and get their hands on that I get to see their playful side and I get to see I get to see Greg's little velvet shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> because Greg's Greg's no longer in his glasses with his button up and and doing a presentation he's not he's now hands on out of his chair and playing with his coworkers so those transitions that I get to see and what I I mean as a practitioner I love seeing that ah, that sigh of Okay, I can do this. This this lady's not asking me to do something crazy and foreign. She's not going to ask me to get up and do a talent show. <laughs> She's asking me to simply shed um, a role, a title that I've taken on for these walls with these people. And she's asked me to just show up authentically. Okay, can I do that? That's the first ask. Can I do that? Not everybody can. And that's okay. Because as you do experiential learning, you get better and better, of course, and the the trust builds that that sense of belonging, that community organically grows. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to make a culture code. We don't need a presentation at all. We've done it with nonverbal experience. 
And so with every time you get groups of adults to play together and to reflect and to discuss their learning, they get better at it. Repetition is the key to success. They get better at it, at it and they get better at pinpointing their own pressure points, their own points of going, hey, that made me feel crunchy. Why? Wow, I really didn't like taking on the role of leadership there. Weird. And these are all through games of simple, simple games, like minute to win it games, simple little things that just make people laugh and elevate their energy. Because you have to take it out of that space if you want the learning to become organic. And if you want your your people to own their own learning. Well, and I think this is just so important these days. We talk a lot in some of the other podcasts around, you know, folks are remote and they're trying to find ways of how we come back together and how we gather and how we create a sense of belonging within the organizations when you're coming back. And um, people are searching for uh, connection activities uh, because many people that we know that are starting in that are coming into these offices now haven't ever met any, each other. It's but, true because they've been working remote. So how do you bring these folks that the only experience you've had with them is in the square box that you see on your check-in meetings and create a deeper connection? And uh, a, a lot of companies that I'm working with are beginning to schedule those monthly check-ins where they'll come in for half a day. And as part of that, they'll have a learning component. And part of that learning component, what we're discovering is, is having this sense of play and putting these mini learning moments in, these connections to keep those energies. But it, it takes the kind of the good thinking or idea and actually puts it in a practical application where they can really ground themselves. And, and more importantly, it's just about bridging and creating, uh, just uh, a shared experience together, which is so powerful. You know, you know well, Alexis, Alexis, you took me back to, uh, and I never understood why we did this, but during basic training for the police, after a day of very dry uh, lectures on the criminal code and all the other things that we had to learn, firearms training, self-defense, running, uh, and more dry you know, seminars and stuff like that, we had extracurricular activities at the end of the day that were voluntary, but you had to do. So I guess that makes them <laughs> not voluntary, but we would, they would tell us, okay, go play murder ball, go play volleyball, go play floor hockey. And so we would go out there and there'd be like 60 of us. Right. And so we'd, we had a huge gym and we'd break into teams. And for two hours, like we have already had a full day starting at like seven o'clock in the morning. And I could never understand like why four of the five nights a week, are you making us play games together? Well, there, there's a reason because all that other stuff was necessary, especially the marching, which was my favorite. But, but uh, you know, there's still people to this day that I've seen twice since we graduated. But the minute you're together, you're already in sync. Like we have these shared experiences. There's a million things we don't even have to talk about. We're just tight. And so that kind of makes sense to me. I've never, I haven't thought about basic training since it happened because it really wasn't the most fun time in my life. But I really, it really makes sense why they wanted us to do that was to build that community and just to get to know each other. And like, literally there's a couple of people that I saw like once in 30 something years and I bump into them. It's like, we're there again in two seconds. We're back there. We, we understand right. each other and, and we have all the same points and it's just, it's cool. Right. And, and, and tying it back to, you know, having children or anything, we know that 
we learn through experience. We, I could tell my child the same message 9,200 times. <laughs> if I don't practice that message, they will never absorb it. So when you when you see somebody who you've met from basic training and you haven't seen in years and you go, oh, my gosh, Fred, hey, you're shot back to the time when you and Fred made a huge mistake together, had a huge win together. You did something together. Mm-hmm. You you're shot back to a feeling. And we know this as human people. We are we need to work more human centric. We need to understand that this is the way humans connect. We can through experience and emotion. So if we want our businesses and we want our companies to really excel, we have to think human and we have to go, okay, work, work your way. Absolutely. We know your individuals work your way. Okay. But also we're going to ask you to really join in with us. They need, companies need to go, I've got your back and you can be an individual. But where you're a team is with us as a big family. In this house, in this house, you belong. Mm -hmm. You belong. We play together. We argue together. We know how to communicate the ups and the downs. But without that sense of security and trust, which only comes from experience, you're you're stagnant. You're gonna you're going to be just spinning the same wheels in the same circle. And some companies are okay with that. Some companies don't find any hindrance to their business at all. Yeah. That's th- those aren't the companies I'm looking for. We look for the progressive ones. <laughs> yeah, it's that untapped, it's that untapped spirit, that untapped energy that is always missing in those organizations. Because anytime I've yes. ever been in the company that really allows the space, um, creates those experiences, are ones that people had shared purpose and shared connectivity and those are the folks and those are the organizations that really excel they 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 discover things that they didn't know they they had in the organization they they just create something unique and different um and uh but you're right there are folks that just don't see it you know while you're sitting there talking uh the two of you i'm gonna say a word that we haven't said in a long time Mm. potluck potluck (laughs) I worked, I worked in another place, Alexis, and there was one equalizing shared experience that everybody liked. Everybody participated. Everybody benefited. And it was potlucks. You know, you had the, the strongest people and you had people that were there on placements and everybody was in the room sharing a meal together. Everybody brought whatever they bought, you know, brought in or brought, bought sometimes. But, you know, it's funny, you know, somebody go, listen, I don't cook then buy some buns, dude, do something. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's, it's one of those things I, you know, it's one of the things I experienced in another big organization I worked and it was the equalizer because we all, you know, commuted from all over the place and, you know, after work things were kind of hard to do, but we all had to take a lunch and it was that one inclusive thing where we worked as a team, got to hang out and you know what the boss was talking to whoever and it all works, right? See, and now Alistair, you're dating yourself because potlucks, I mean, come on, man. But, right, potlucks don't happen nowadays. They just don't. That's why companies are asking people to play, right? Mm. I'm not going, I, as a millennial, am not attending a potluck. Okay, I I can't live without a potluck, Alexis. I just can't. (laughs) I can't live without it. (laughs) 
I'm not cooking food, nor am I eating food somebody else has brought. Uh, but you, that community. <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no way. But that's why that it's, it is the right concept. Now we bring it into a space where people will actually want to join it. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so interesting. So interesting. Well, I think we're probably time to uh, kind of uh, summarize. Do you yeah, think? We, we had a bunch of questions for you, but they just aren't applicable. And I think we've had such <laughs> such a wonderful, just a load of stuff that, that, mm-hmm. that, that there's a lot of things to think about here. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I know why you suggested that she speak to us. Mm-hmm. I, I knew you So would. she shoots down potluck. That's yeah, what well, it's that's all about, true. right? That's okay. The, uh, <laughs> it's been leading up I to I knew this I point. would lose you at potluck, Foster. <laughs> I knew it. No, I forgive uh, you. I forgive you. I, for, I forgive you. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, let's go into just a, a short time of... of um, kind of summarize, uh, like last thoughts and we'll let you go first and then Greg and then myself. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, last thoughts for me, I mean, uh, managers and management is tough at the end of the day, when you have a specific role that you are asked to carry out and maybe you don't have clear direction, it's hard to find your footing as your individual self. My summary in all of this is that as a professional, you need to know who you're working with. You need to know your management, your company, your employees, your team, your people. You need to know the authentic people you're working with in order to be successful. Without that, you are going to just be a person in a role. So if you don't want to be a person in a role and you want to be a person as part of a team in a larger organization, then you need to really learn how to build that sense of belonging. And that comes through connection and connection comes through experience. I mean, that's my summary. Wow. I'm not sure I have anything else to say because that's actually. You got to bring it, buddy. You got to bring it. You You got to bring it. That, that, you know, that, that (laughs) it is so consistent with our messaging. We always begin or we always often end with saying, you know, it begins with knowing. It begins with knowing it. It then, uh, and in my book, I talk about this. It starts with knowing it then, it then shifts to a commitment to growing because if you're not willing to shift and explore and become uh, uh, something more and and just continue to grow and learn, that's important. The, the third thing is to let go. Let go of all my, my, my rules that I think, the old constructs that I think were important, and uh, let go of a need for control and then just show up and have fun. So all of those things kind of fit together with what you've said. And I think that the more opportunities we can have for many moments of those experiences or broader moments. And I know, Alexis, you do those short little five-minute bursts within an existing training program. Uh, you will do half-day. You do full-day programs. All of these can be fit into enhancing that level of belonging and connectivity and knowing. And, and it just, throughout this whole uh, podcast, we've talked about once you know, then it just creates the flow and, and you just, uh, life becomes better and, and uh, new and interesting experiences occur. Alexis, I loved all the things you talked about. One of the things that I am so thankful of in my careers have been a series of just really good partnerships 
and a bunch of really good small group experiences. And maybe it's because of the type of businesses I've been in where you really had to rely on those people. But the, the few times that I was in situations where, you know, I didn't know the person I was working with, I didn't particularly, uh, you know, feel comfortable with them. I've just benefited so much from those great relationships and any exercise or approach which encourages that in any workplace, I think is so important because number one, it's just more effective. Uh, you don't have as much turnover. People just aren't people um, making widgets somewhere. And I, mm -hmm. I just think it makes the day go by so much better. It's a richer experience. And uh, like, I'm very fortunate that most of my professional life, I have, um, I've, I've, I've benefited from those things. And Greg's getting a really serious call here. Uh, are you okay, buddy? I don't know. Yes, everything. Um, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's a potluck. Yeah, it's a potluck. potluck. It's the invite, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I, I really do appreciate you coming on and talking. Like, you certainly have the energy. Greg said, oh, we have to have Alexis on the podcast. I said, sure, whatever. But I, I love your energy. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think I think I was almost worn out before we turned on the tape because you 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 just you clicked right in. And I went, you know what? I could see you. In, uh, there's a bunch of situations. I would love you to just... Uh, you know, join a group and, and watch some of the things that they're doing and just help them to gel and to, to think outside themselves and, and think about how important their role is and the person beside them. And I think there's a bunch of situations where I think, you know, you, you would bring such a benefit to those situations. So thank you very much for, for coming and speaking to us and putting up with us. And, uh, uh, we had a good time. Like I almost, turned on the tape early just to catch uh, kind of the pre-production talk because it was so good. Uh, Greg? It was good banter. It was good, really good banter. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say for all of our listeners, if this is something that you're looking for in your organization, um, which I know many of you are, um, in addition to, to reaching out to Lighthouse 9 uh, or www.lighthouse9.ca, Alexis, where else can they find you uh, uh, to to access uh, your gifts and bring that into the organization? Well, absolutely. On, on Lighthouse 9 website, I'm listed there. On LinkedIn, you can always connect with me. My name's Alexis Lee. And then my email is alexis at lighthouse9.ca. I am available. I do believe that companies are going, I mean, they want this, they need this. And this is the spark that takes us out of pandemic life and propels us in, into full connectivity and full authentic living life. This mm -hmm. is, we all have to work for a living. Let's make it, let's make it human and let's make it meaningful, right? I will put uh, all your connecting information on the show notes so uh, people don't have to scramble for a pen right now. They can just, uh, when they listen to this great podcast, <laughs> they they can just uh, connect with you. So thank you very much. Just before we go into kind of a closing uh, routine, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and I, I really love your energy and your enthusiasm. And like I said, there's a few situations that I wish you were around for, but thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a joy. So much fun, guys. Okay. Uh, listen, we hope uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope uh, you weren't offended or get or really angry about some of the things we we're talking about. But Greg, I think your closing philosophy lends well on this. Well, I think it's going to also help you, Alistair, after, uh, you know, really that uh, that that shattering comment about potluck. I was shut um, down. I was totally <laughs> shut down. Um, at the end of it, at the end of each of our podcasts, we talk about uh, 
uh, a great gift that our early coach gave me that uh, after a coaching session, she said, during a coaching session, there's going to be times when you're going to feel joy of really something that's resonating that you were doing, you're making traction on, but you're also going to maybe be crunchy and feel a little peeved off of something that that maybe has to make you think differently or maybe you need to shift. And, I still believe, man. <laughs> um, but in both scenarios, they're growth opportunities. So wherever you feel that shift, and, and Alexis talked about even in those events, Sometimes that's crunchy things is when the great discoveries occur. So we hope that in this podcast, you felt some joy, but maybe also felt a little crunchy and uh, just sit with it a bit and, and discover what's behind it and what can you take from that. Crunchy must be a Lighthouse 9 terminology because Alexis used it as well. So now I know where it comes from. Well, I think I'm, I, I, I'm, it probably comes from somewhere else, but I am someone who uses a lot. And it is funny how many, many people now I'm feeling crunchy and, and, you know, I think it's contagious. Yes, I think it is. (laughs) So Greg, a shout out Comac USA, which I believe is Long Island. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I don't know anybody there. Do you know anybody there? I don't know anybody there. No. Comac. Welcome to the party. Welcome, Long Island Comac. Very nice. Very excited to have you. I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Listen, uh, folks, take time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.